I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence, and you're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. ClearBank has evolved from an agency banking provider and is among the pioneers of embedded banking, offering a variety of banking services to the likes of Coinbase, Chip, Raisin, and Tide, among others. It has plans for Europe and the US, too. Oh, and a boss not afraid to speak his mind. ClearBank Group CEO Charles McManus spoke with IBS Intelligence at Money 2020. But first, do you want to access the $10 billion Middle East fintech opportunity? If the answer is yes, then join the CEDA IBSI Fintech Lab and fast track your journey of expansion to the GCC with us. As a Fintech Lab member, you'll have access to skilled mentors and have the opportunity to learn, network, and collaborate with like-minded individuals, building your knowledge base, skills, and connections. Visit www.cedaribsifintechlab.com. Now, back to our conversation with Charles McManus, Group CEO of ClearBank. And we begin with the fact that the Young Bank is a profitable institution. How does that affect how it's viewed in the marketplace? Well, I personally you think massively and they should do and the reason I say that is if you liked my CFO training and that having set up the bank from day one we've never written a piece of business at a loss so we've never in building our business we've never gone for customer acquisition and top-line growth regardless of the economics fundamentally we've got a uh, I believe a very strong product, a quality product, and ultimately customers have to pay and we have to get the economics right for sustainability. And that we are building long term relationships. We want to be here tomorrow, next week, and years to come with our partners. And therefore, you have to run a profitable business. There is the 5% Club, and only 5% of new banks globally make it to profitability. That is an appalling statistic, and it's great for innovation. But if you want to partner with someone, and you see it in the marketplace with RailsR, a number of the bass players and others of coming and going, and unit economics don't work, they will not be there next year or the year after. And therefore, it's fundamentally important, and particularly from a consumer and SME level when you see banks going down again. And I've lived through a number of financial crises. SVB, where is my money? Is it safe? And banks go down for two reasons. One, credit, and two, liquidity. And we've seen it again. And ClearBank doesn't do credit. And every penny is held at the central bank. So in terms of being safe, secure, resilient, and profitable, we should be a partner, a quality partner to actually work with. So I think it's it's part of the journey. And though there's not been a massive change, but it's confirmation in relation that our proposition is actually working and we're building that resiliency, et cetera, et cetera. Well, let's talk about the proposition. Where are you going with it? What happens next? You're a clearing bank. You claim to be the first clearing bank in 250 years. That's quite something. So what does the business do next? Where do you take it from here? So other than the service, the culture, the tech, it must be built on a very, very solid product. What are the, what are the demands that, or what do most CEOs actually say to me in relation to our existing customers? Charles, we love what you're doing in Sterling, 
but I don't want to deal with substandard correspondent clearing banks around the rest of the world. Where are you in Europe? Where are you on US? I want you to service me in US dollars, euros, sterling, and other currencies. That has been a consistent ask from a number of countries, which is why my last 18 months has been on investors and securing APAX Digital. So last year, APAX announced in February the 175 million event. What is that money? Well, the UK has got to profitability and is growing very strong. That is giving us the rocket fuel in relation to Europe, setting up a bank, and in terms of the US, uh, a bank there. And I, notice, I say a bank. In order to, to, to create the payment finality, to hold the cash of the central bank and do the last mile properly, you can't be an EMI on the rest. You need to be a bank to do that. That comes with, unfortunately, quite a heavy burden, regulatory capital and the rest. And so we want to do it properly. And so my priority is Europe. So we're waiting for the DMB ECB here in Amsterdam to give us our banking license in Amsterdam to open in Europe and connect a target to Inson SEPA. Next year, it's the US to actually get to ACH, FedNow, and all of that. And we will then have US dollars, euros, sterling, where we can service our, our customers in those currencies locally, properly, and within our ecosystem. Can you see your metaphorical desk beneath all the paperwork that's going to be involved in getting these licenses in <laughs> Europe and the US? Such a good question, because I wrote, unfortunately, a large part of our UK banking license application at the same time as Starling and Monzo and the rest. We didn't use consultants, we did it ourselves, the team of 11. And I am quite a detailed CEO and know that our license application here is 135 documents and nearly 4,000 pages. So you're quite right, to get a banking license is a massive task. It takes in Europe, it will take us hopefully 12 to 15 months from start to finish. In the US, we would not go through the three-year process to get a Fed state license. That's why we're looking at actually an acquisition and then rebranding essentially the license. And the US banks, as you have seen, have got slightly cheaper the last uh, six months. Yeah. So buying a, a banking license connected to ACH, rebranding it is an 18-month journey rather than a three-year journey to get a license. So it's, it's, it's not for the faint-handed. You are 100% right. But in order to create that consistency in global platform, whereas we want to be the best in global clearing and payments, we've got to have those banking licenses in jurisdictions. Well, in fairness, getting a banking license should not be an easy task. <laughs> there should be hoops to jump through because I, as a customer, whether I'm an individual customer or I'm a corporate customer want to be sure of, of who I'm dealing of with course. and the quality of who I'm dealing with and I want my money to be where it's supposed to be when I want it. So I want to deal with an institution the that has best. that gravitas, that, right. that, that is compliant, it ticks all the regulatory boxes. And the market, uh, the flight to quality, we've seen a lot of business come to us because they don't want to deal with a cheaper through an EMI or a Lithuanian license. We want to operate at the highest standards in relation to do that. And that's a differentiator in the marketplace. We are not the cheapest in relation to a fast payment or a payment because actually the standards that we operate and the technology 
we've invested a lot and we want to share economics with our partners and help them grow globally. And, and therefore, we'll, you know, it's not stack it high, sell it very cheap, and, and we may not be here in a few years' time. That's not clear bank. Well, if I do my maths correctly then, it, within the next three years, you're going to be a licensed institution, you're already a licensed institution in the UK, you'll be a licensed institution in Europe, yes. you'll be a licensed institution in the States, and offering people a service that encompasses transatlantic business. Are you looking at cross-border business elsewhere? Yeah, so, and, and the point you've made, which is a really important one, that we invented embedded banking and, and the UK FSCS protection, like we are doing with chip and raisin and tide, in relation to savers and SMEs, get FSCS protected bank accounts through tide, through raisin, through chip. And we've got a pipeline of others that we want to replicate that in Europe and US so that the consumer gets that insurance protection. There are others that don't provide that protection. And of course, it's only when a bank goes down or there's financial that suddenly people realize it's 85,000 is the limit or it's this limit in the US or whatever. It matters. And so giving that certainty, you can only do that if you are a regulated bank. Well, there are all sorts of issues in banking. And yes, I am going to mention Silicon Valley Bank and the various other institutions, Silvergate, First Republic, etc. Exactly. What a banking run looked like in the 1920s and indeed in the noughties this year was a queue of people outside a branch. Northern Rock. Remember it very well. This I, is I, I about I, liquidity and credit kills banks. Yeah. So that was the noughties, that was the 1920s. A bank run these days looks like a finger pressing a button. The word the regulator's new word invented, as you'll be an expert in there, is velocity. The speed with which cash actually moves and, and that they have to operate, but banks have. And to be honest, ClearBank is right at the centre of real-time everything. But we hold all of our cash at the Bank of England. 100%. So fractional banking in relation to SVB or banks holding fixed income securities with large interest rate losses that they don't hold equity for, that, that, that should never be allowed to happen. But because SVB's balance sheet was below 250 billion US, it doesn't have to do an ILAP, an ICAP. It doesn't have to hold capital for the market risk they're running. Well, I, you know, I think that's the phrase you're looking for is they weren't systemically important until they were. Well, the 16th largest US bank, and that's not systemic because it's below 250. I mean, I find it very, very hard in terms... I, I, sorry, I'm quite passionate about the topic, and I think I understand regulation quite well. I've been through a number of crises. I sat there in the Bearings crisis at the court of the Bank of England, winning, paid the pound for the Nick Leeson loss. Seen it, I've written off 10 billion of bad debt of RBS in Ireland through bankers lending money that they couldn't get back. So, again, I don't think I could sit as a director on a board of a bank where an unrealised market loss is bigger than the equity capital of the bank. It is only a matter of time. If you have a run and you're in that situation, the bank is going to be in trouble. That's not, that's not responsible banking as far as I'm concerned. Especially now, rightly, that the rules are a director of a bank in the UK is now made bankrupt and goes criminal act, goes to jail if it goes wrong. That's a serious responsibility 
and the SVB was sitting on a substantial loss bigger than their capital base, but were quite happy for that to be the case. And once Peter Thiel actually started the run, they had nowhere to go. Clearbank Group CEO and Executive Director Charles McManus.